It's Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living with Amy Tobin on Q102. Pull up a chair and join us. If you're having trouble changing your habits, the problem isn't you. The problem is your system. Bad habits repeat themselves again and again, not because you don't want to change, but because you have the wrong system for change. And you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fail to the level of your systems. This is all according to James Clear, the author of the latest book, Atomic Habits, with tiny changes and remarkable results. And he's joining me today on Amy's Table. And James, before I let you say a word, I'm a huge fan. I really am. I stumbled across your talk on 1% better. And I thought, wow, this is fantastic. And I sent it off to my kids and I started following you and I get your emails and all that good stuff. So I love your message and I'm excited that you're going to have a chance to share it with my listeners. And I guess maybe could I ask you to talk a little bit about how you became such a well-known habit-forming expert? Sure. Well, I've been writing about habits and behavior change for six, seven years now. And um, I first came into habits as an athlete. So, you know, as any athlete can tell you, there are all kinds of habits you're building on the field and in the gym and so on. And uh, I didn't have a language for it at the time. I was just trying to, you know, get better and uh, continue my baseball career. But then um, as I started researching more about how habits work and how they um, how they form, I was able to look back on my athletic career and realize, oh, wow, you know, this is why we did certain things in this way, or this is why this habit stuck, and so on. And uh, so I wrote a new article every Monday and Thursday, did that for about three years, signed on to write Atomic Habits, and have spent the last three years writing that book and doing the research for it, interviewing scientists and, um, and academics and so on. And uh, here we are uh, with, uh, with the book finished now, and... Um, I I guess I would just describe it or summarize it as a combination of personal experimentation and uh, scientific research. Which is a great and heady combination, actually. Well, you know, it's funny you mention it for sports was was what got you started. And I think for any habit to become something that sticks, you have to be invested in the habit itself. So if your parents had asked you to do this towards learning Latin, you might not be talking to me today about this book. But so tell a little bit about this universal, you have a a four-step process. There's a universal overarching set of, of principles that can help anybody make a tiny change with remarkable result. Can you kind of talk about that? Sure. So I divide a habit into four different stages, and those stages are cue, craving, response, and reward. And so the cue is the thing that initiates the habit, something that catches your attention. So it's often visual. It doesn't have to be visual, but it often is. So like seeing a plate of cookies on the counter is a visual cue that starts the habit of eating a cookie. Or your phone buzzing in your pocket is a tactile cue that starts the habit of checking your phone for a text message. So the cue gets your attention. Then there's a craving. And the craving is dependent on how you interpret the cue. So you could walk into a room and see a pack of cigarettes on the counter. And if you're a smoker, then you might interpret that as, oh, I have this craving to smoke. I have this urge to pick up a cigarette. But if you've never smoked a day in your life, you look at that same cue and it means something different to you. So you see it and you think, oh, it's just a pack of cigarettes. You move on. Mm-hmm. And so whether we're motivated to take an action or not, it has to do with that second stage of craving and what we, whether we predict that a cue is something meaningful, something valuable, something we should act upon. 
Then the third stage is the response, which is the actual habit or action itself, doing one push-up, reading one page, meditating for one minute, that kind of thing. Or, uh, and then finally, there's the fourth stage, which is the reward. And habits need to be rewarding, need to be enjoyable, satisfying, have some sense of pleasure associated with them for you to have a reason to repeat them. Uh, if it's not rewarding, then you have no reason to do it again in the future. And in fact, if a behavior is followed by a consequence rather than a reward, a little bit of pain rather than a little bit of pleasure, then we often avoid it in the future. And uh, so that making your habits satisfying and enjoyable is a key part of getting them to stick. And so would and so breaking a habit, stages, would breaking a habit, you'd want something negative to come instead of a reward? Yeah, that's actually, so that's a great application um, of the, the four steps. So yes, precisely. Uh, one good way to uh, break bad habits is to add some level of consequence or pain to them. So for example, if you have the habit of sleeping in um, and you wish you were getting up early to go for a run, well, you might say to yourself the night before, all right, tomorrow's the day it's going to change, right? I'll wake up at six, I'm going to go for a run, then I'll go to work. But then six o'clock rolls around and your bed is warm and it's cold outside and you just kind of feel like, oh, maybe I'll just press the snooze button. But if you add a little consequence to that action, which you're referencing here, if you make it painful to stay in bed, then perhaps it'll be easier for you to build that habit of going for a run. So for example, you could text a friend the night before and you say, hey, let's meet at the park at 6.30. And so now you have a running partner. And when you get to 6 a.m., it's still cold outside, and your bed is still warm, and you feel like staying in. But now if you do, you're a jerk. You know, yeah. You mean to your friend by leaving them there. And so suddenly the habit of procrastinating, of sleeping in, is now painful. And um, so that's one way to apply this four-step framework so that you can make it easier to build good habits and break bad ones. I, I love it. And it really is this this whole thing just applies in so many areas of our lives and both, you know, positively and negatively. Well, I think a couple of the things that have drawn me to following you and reading what you do and being an admirer of your messages is that, first of all, you're not asking everybody to radically change overnight. I love the 1% better. And you almost just referenced it when you said, well, you do one push-up, one minute of meditation, you know, these baby steps. But I also love, and I actually, it popped up today, uh, I think you sent it earlier as a blog post, but I put it in my calendar to read again, about that you got to do the work and your reference to Stephen King and being a writer. Talk about that for a minute, because you're not letting anybody, you're, you're letting us have an easy path if we follow it to get there, but you're not letting anybody off the hook. This isn't a lose 10 pounds by tomorrow lifestyle. <laughs> Yeah, this is um, this is kind of a key piece of my philosophy. You know, I, I think uh, I mentioned this in the book, but one of the, the key strategies for building a habit, perhaps the most important decision that you'll make, is choosing a habit that is easy, that's not threatening, that is possible to do. As you mentioned, you know, read one page, do one push-up, write one sentence, this idea of how can I get 1% better today? And that feels very uh, possible. It feels maybe even like um, inspiring or uh, doable to most people. And that, that part of it is crucial. But at the same time, uh, you know, and sometimes people will say, well, what about when we do hard things? You know, what about writing a book? You just wrote a book. What about climbing Mount Everest? What about, you know, working on these hard projects that people are capable of? What about mental toughness? And my response is, we're not saying only do easy things. 
Instead, what I'm saying, and I think the, the kind of central point of my philosophy is make it easy to do the things that pay off in the long run. Make it as easy as possible to get into the gym because getting into the gym and doing hard work there is what is really going to separate you. Um, or make it as easy as possible to show up and write each day because that's how you finish the book that you have in your mind. Or make it as easy as possible to sit down on the floor and get a little bit of meditation in because that's how you actually fight back and reduce stress. And so the, the entry point for your habits should be very easy, even if your ambitions are still really large. Mm -hmm. But I loved, you know, going back to the Stephen King comment, you said, you know, you can't say, boy, but if I had the, a better gym membership, then I'd really be there. No, you need to have the workout habit, the ethic, the, the form and function right. And then maybe that last little 10% would improve with a better gym membership. Or would Stephen King be a better writer if he had a better computer? No, he put in right. the work, he had the <laughs> habits. I just thought that was such a powerful statement and, and a really good one that we can say to ourselves. Well, the book, Atomic Habits, Tiny Changes, Remarkable Results, is available wherever books are sold. And you can follow James on jamesclear.com. But James, I want to leave you with one question. So you clearly must be practicing atomic habits yourself. What is like a daily start your day ritual that is is something you're proud of that you think makes a real change in your life? Well, something that I've done each day this year so far has been reading one page. And I like to view reading as kind of a meta habit in the sense that it's the one habit that if you form it, you can solve almost any other habit. You know, it's like if you're trying to figure out what workout should I do? Well, you can read a book on that. Or how do I start a popular podcast? You can read a book on that. Or how do I become better at baking bread? Tons of books on that. So um, pretty much whatever skill you're looking to build, the habit of reading can unlock that skill for you. And so in that sense, I try to start each day by reading one page. In my case, it gives me fuel for the ideas that I like to mm -hmm. write about and sparks other thoughts. But it, no matter what your career or goals are, um, I think it's a habit that could really start your day off in a, a good direction. That's a great one. Really good. Again, the book is Atomic Habits, Tiny Changes, Remarkable Results by James Clear. And you can find more about James at jamesclear.com. James, thanks so much. What a pleasure to talk to you. And thanks for joining me on Amy's Table. Oh, thank you so much. Stick around for another helping from Amy's Table on Q102. Q! What's that place you've always wanted to try? Well, you're there. Sharing plates with... Just one bite. Or on second thought, maybe not sharing. It's that good. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Any workout, any mood, any time. That's what the Peloton Tread is all about. From interval runs that motivate you to go the extra mile, power walks that work up a sweat, rolling hill hikes for you to enjoy, and full body boot camps to hit your goals. Plus thousands of workouts that go beyond the tread. Strength programs, core classes, yoga, Pilates, and even boxing. Everything you need on and off the Peloton Tread. Experience it all for yourself with a 30-day home trial. Learn more at OnePeloton.com.